0: I'm just going to read from a couple of verses from Psalm 118 before we pray and continue um, our service this morning. But Psalm 118 says, "Give thanks to the Lord for He is good; His faithful love endures forever." Let Israel say, "His faithful love endures forever." Forever. Let the house of Aaron say, "His faithful love endures forever." Let those who fear the Lord say, his faithful love endures forever. And as you jump down to the end, of the end of that psalm, it says, He who comes in the name of the Lord is blessed. From the house of the Lord we bless you. You are my God, and I will give you thanks. You are my God, I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. Heavenly Father, we come before you acknowledging um, not just that you are God, but that you, uh, your faithful love does endure forever and that you are the one who brings us redemption and hope and peace. Uh, we ask God that you would remind those in our church this week Um, who maybe need a special reminder, whether they're sick or dealing with uh, major illnesses or uh, family hardships, that you are faithful and your love is always there um, despite um, the circumstances around them, and that you would help us as your church uh, to be your hands and feet for them here on this physical earth. God, we look to you this week. We ask that you would help us to focus our eyes on you maybe a little bit more in a little bit um, deeper way uh, to be reminded and thankful of what you have done for us through Jesus, um, but also that because of what you've done, you would uh, move us to action more this week and in the weeks ahead and to, uh, to walk in obedience to you and to further your kingdom. We ask your blessing on our service as well. And we just ask these things all in your name, amen.
1: The Bible says that as Jesus and his disciples approached Jerusalem, he sent two of them to get a donkey and her colt. This fulfilled the prophecy in Zechariah. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous and having salvation is he, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Jesus mounted the donkey and rode into Jerusalem. Many laid their cloaks on the road before him and brought palm branches to wave and celebrate. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna to the son of David. But not all who were there understood him. Some called him only a prophet. Believing him wise, but denying his divinity. Some raged and cheered for a revolution, hoping he would liberate them from their oppressors. To others, it was nothing more than an interruption. Even as children ran to him and shouted for joy, his enemies wove through the crowd, watching, sealing, plotting. The range of reactions was great and wide. Celebration worship revolutions deception cynicism condemnation boredom disinterest but every single person had to confront one thing who he was behold your king is coming to you
2: Good morning. Um, if um, you're visiting here with us, um, this may be a first time, you're with family. Um, I'm Pastor Randall Kay. I'm the interim pastor here at Bethesda, and um, we are glad that you've joined us for worship today. Uh, some of you have been to um, either Disney World or Disneyland. And one of the things that Disney does really well is they put on these huge uh, parades that um, of the Disney characters, or they had a, years ago an electric light parade that happened in the evening. And if you've ever been to Disneyland, especially uh, as you're walking down, there's that Main Street, and with all the people there, that crush of people, they're walking down the street, there are people on the sidewalks, there's people in the middle of the street, there are uh, older people, young people, Uh, moms grabbing kids, It's, it's a mass of humanity walking down that street. And all of a sudden, they're getting ready for the parade, and what happens to that mass of people is that there are leaders of the parade, uh, the, um, the guys who work at Disneyland, begin to walk down the street, kind of softly pushing people aside. The parade is coming. They have the people get to the sidewalk. And if you've been there, you know that the sidewalks aren't that huge. And they have just pushing these, this massive humanity to the side. And people struggle to get in the front row. And it's four or five people deep. Um, Dads have little kids on their shoulders. There are people jumping up and down trying to see the parade that's coming through. There are people trying to get through uh, the sidewalk who don't want to watch the parade. They want to get to the rides while everybody else is watching the parade. In that parade comes and goes by with all of its glory, and um, after the last bit of the parade comes, the people move back into the street and on the sidewalks, and they head to wherever they were going. Well, that mass of humanity, that what looks like chaos, is really what was taking place when Jesus was beginning his journey into the city of Jerusalem during that Passover Passover week there were a mass of people from all over Israel coming to Jerusalem for the Passover people walking in the in on the trails on the on the roads going up into the city of Jerusalem they weren't purposely waiting for Jesus to come riding on the donkey. They were just milling around, making themselves up the hill to Jerusalem. And the scriptures tell us that Jesus made his way um, to Jerusalem. And in Luke chapter 19, um, starting with verse 28, it, it says... And when he had said these things, he had just given a couple of parables, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And when he drew near to Bethage and to Bethany at the mount that is called Olivet, he sent two of his disciples saying, go into the village in front of you where um, where on entering it you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You shall say this, the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent away went and found it just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owner said to them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. peace in heaven, and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, teacher, rebuke your disciples. And he answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the very stones would cry out. Jesus making himself down, he's coming down from Bethany, um, from Bethage. Um, Bethany uh, in Hebrew uh, means the city of anxiety, city of anxiety, Bethage, um, the city of figs. And both of those will have a part in Jesus' week to come. There is the cursing of the fig tree. There is the anxiety that he will experience as the week moves on. Everything is with purpose and plan. But notice that Jesus hasn't even got to the city of Jerusalem yet. He is heading down from the Mount Mount of Olives and going to Jerusalem. And from the Mount of Olives, from the top of the Mount of Olives, to Jerusalem is about a two-mile walk. It's not very far. And from the Mount of Olives, you can look over this ravine and you can see the walls of Jerusalem setting high upon that hill Jesus makes his way riding on that that colt having people place their coats their cloaks on the on the road you know, as we read as we could read in the In the little video, Zechariah 9 talks about Jesus riding into the city, or the Messiah riding into the city on this young, humble donkey. Back in 2 Kings, um, Yehu is is proclaimed king. and When they did that, they laid their coats on the bare steps. It was so that the, the king, the royalty, would not have to touch the dirty ground. Remember the back in the days of chivalry when you were walking down the street and there was a puddle of water, a mud puddle, and the guy would take off his coat and lay it on the mud puddle so that the lady that was with him wouldn't get her feet dirty walking across that mud puddle. Well, we don't do much of that. I haven't, In fact, I've never seen it in all my life. But... Um, I always thought it's a messy thing. You know, what does the guy do with the coat? then? Anyway, that's another sermon. Um, but it was a sign of royalty for Jesus. They're saying, we don't even want his feet to touch the ground or the colt's feet to touch the ground. We are uh, praising him. And the, the other gospels use that word Hosanna that the kids sang so well today. Luke chooses not to use the word Hosanna, which means save us, or the, the Lord saves. Here comes our Savior. And most likely uh, Luke didn't use it because Luke is writing to a Greek audience. They would have no idea what Hosanna meant. The other gospel writers are writing mostly to the Jews. And so we get this this blessedness. And Jesus should be praised. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And look at some of the reasons that they are praising. This multitude is lifting up their voice saying, blessed, um, they were lifting up their voice in verse uh, 37, the end of 37, and they said, they've praised him for his mighty works they had seen. Some of these disciples had traveled with him, had been in different locations. Remember, people are coming from all over Israel to Jerusalem. You know, there's people from Capernaum, and people from Bethany, and people from Galilee, they're all coming and they're seeing Jesus and they're praising him, worshiping him for those mighty things that he had done. The miracles, the feeding of the 5,000. They praised him for those mighty works. And then they say, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. They saw him as that promised king. Back in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 7, they come to King David, and God comes to King David and says, I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless your line. And out of you is going to come uh, this king above all kings. This anointed one that began to take on the, the title throughout, uh, throughout Israel of the Messiah that they were looking for waiting for they knew he was the blessed king who came in in god's name in the name of yahweh this king is coming Uh, nathaniel when when nathaniel is called to be a disciple of jesus nathaniel's response is uh, you are the king you are the promised one Later on, Paul will write to Timothy in 1 Timothy 6:15. He says, uh, he will display honor at the proper time. He who is blessed and the only sovereign king of kings and lord of lords, who alone has immortality, who dwells in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see, to him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. Then in Revelation chapter 17, in Revelation chapter 19, Jesus is declared and given the title of king of kings and lord of lords. And they go on to praise him because he is the one who um, has brought peace. Remember this peace in heaven and this glory in the highest is an echo of what the angels declared when Jesus was born. And Jesus is the king that brings peace. We remember in Isaiah chapter 9, where Jesus is called the the prince of peace. And all the people were worshiping him because he was the prince of peace and glory belonged to him. But in the midst of that multitude, there are these Pharisees. These strict keepers of the law. And they yell out to Jesus, probably among the the noise of the, the multitude, of the throng that are following Jesus and praising him. And they say, Tell your disciples, tell your followers to stop. In fact, he uses a pretty strong word rebuke your disciples. Get in their face, Jesus. You know that you are just a man. You shouldn't be receiving all of this praise. You are not the Messiah. You are certainly not a king. Rebuke your disciples. Stop them. Jesus' response is, if I tell them to be quiet, the very rocks around us will be forced to open their little mouths and saying, now we read that and go, well, I've never seen a mouth on a rock. Well, what Jesus is saying here, even um, even the inanimate will praise me. As we looked back um, a couple weeks ago at Psalm uh, 19, the heavens declare the glory of God; the sky shows forth His handiwork. All of creation points to Jesus, and I think here there is a There is an illusion, too, not only that he is King of kings and Lord of lords, not only is he deserving of glory in the highest, not only has he done mighty works, but he is the creator. We read that in John chapter chapter 1, that Jesus was there at the beginning. We read in Colossians that he is the one who spoke, that all creation was made by him and for him and through him. And I think there's a strong message that Jesus says, all creation will declare who I am. The the scriptures tell us, the gospel tells us, that someday every eye will see him. When Paul writes to the Philippians, he says, uh, every knee will bow. All creation will be restored, giving glory to God. So these people were right in praising Jesus as King of kings and Lord of lords, as creator, as redeemer, as savior, as the Messiah. And therefore, we as followers of Jesus, even in the crush and chaos of our very lives, are to praise the Lord. We were created for that reason. To praise the Lord. To give him glory and honor. It's why we come on Sunday mornings. Not just to see friends and to eat donuts. As important as that is. But we come here to praise the Lord. To sing with our full voice. Of who Jesus is. Of who God is. And all of his glory. The psalmist in Psalm 33. 3 verse 1 says, it is fitting for the upright to praise the Lord. We are upright because we have trusted in Jesus. We are clothed in his righteousness, and so it is fitting for us to praise the Lord. It is fitting for us to to stand and lift our voices. It is fitting for us to read the word and, and give thanks for the for the living word that's given to us. It's, it's why we are here. You see, this worship service that we have today is not about you, but it's about God. It's not about, well, I didn't like the sermon today. Remember, don't always look at the vessel, but look at the what's in it, what's in god's word it's all an act of worship for us it's it's a practice if it is it's like a lab class you took biology you listened to the teacher and then you had to go to do a lab you had to cut up that frog pull it apart maybe that's not a good illustration for praise anyway at least not for the frog it's not good news But in Revelation chapter 7, and we've read it before, let me read it again for us. After this, John says, after this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, language, tribe, people, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes, the upright, with palm branches in their hands, crying out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God. There it is. It's Hosanna. They're echoing what took place on that Palm Sunday. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne. And they worshipped God saying, Amen blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might belong to our God forever and ever. Amen. See, even when the pastor says, do I get an amen? It's not because the pastor needs it. It's because I'm giving you a chance to practice. We're going to stand before God and we're going to say amen. There we go. You get an A today for, that lab, for our lab class. But what we want to do with uh, the rest of our service today is to praise the Lord together. To uh, have the worship team will come and will lead us in, in praise. And maybe you uh, need to get on your knees while you praise the Lord today. Maybe you need to fall humbly before him. Maybe you need to raise your hands in thanksgiving and and joy. Maybe you need just to listen and let the praise come from your heart. But we want to praise the Lord today in the time that we have together. So let me start that praise time by uh, bringing us again to the throne in prayer. And the worship team is going to come and and is going to lead us. Let's pray.